enchanté. Welcome back, Tidy Whities, to the Two Tight Ends Podcast. I'm your co-host, Connor, and with me is the smartest high school dropout I know. It's Neil! <laughs> What's up, guys? <laughs> how, how is life with your GED, Neil? GED's been great. You know, I just got a new job at McDonald's. It's been awesome. <laughs> the only job I can get. <laughs> hey, hey, do not sell yourself short. You are a an associate at... Uh, formerly Sprint, now T-Mobile. That's right. That's right. I'm moving on up. <laughs> moving Who up knows? From the fryers to the <laughs> smartphones. I don't know. I don't know where exactly. I'm going with that. Who knows? Maybe next next year I'll be at uh, Cricket. Who knows? We'll see. At Cricket. That's oh, step gosh, up, right? That's, that's a, definitely a step down. <laughs> Cricket is a step down. No, it's a sure. step down. You got to get to Verizon. Step yeah. up. Oh, that's the goal. That's the goal. That's the big daddy. <laughs> the but... Cash cow right there. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. First off, really quick. I have to give my formal apology to AOC because on our last episode, I mm-hmm. definitely accused her of pandering. I will say that. And I and I totally Shut thought she was pandering. But found out from my brother, actually, because I talked to him a little bit about that whole Among Us sesh with her and a bunch of YouTubers and streamers or whatever, that apparently she actually mm-hmm. does stream and is like a known gamer. Um, I guess she... When she does have free time, she has done some like Animal Crossing streams, and she he said something about like she opened up her DMs for like four minutes to answer different questions, and a lot of people were asking like video game questions that she was answering. And then, oh excuse me, another one is uh, so I've been really into League of Legends this like past year, and gotten really into kind of like the esports scene with League of Legends and the different things with that. But um, I've been playing it like a ton. And apparently last season, because if you don't know how League of Legends works, it has like a ranked system and you go like iron is the lowest up to challengers, the very highest. And there's like a bunch of ranks in between. Well, so she was like the third or no, she was the second lowest rank last season. She was bronze four, which is also the lowest tier of bronze you can be. And then I guess she wanted to like get better. So now she's like silver two, which is the second highest silver you can be. It's like the next step up. And that's a better rank than I am in League of Legends. So I was like, man, all right, I apologize. AOC, if you can hear me right now, I am sincerely sorry. I did not mean to accuse you wow. of pandering. I thought you were, but you're a true jamer. So I, I hey, shout out. Shout out to my e-girls. Wow. <laughs> my e-girls everywhere. <laughs> wow, Connor. Um, why don't you just, you know, trust all women? Is that right? Um, is that the hashtag going around? I don't know. Hear all women, is that what it is? Something like that. I thought it was hashtag me too. That was the last time I checked in on like <laughs> feminist hashtags, but You don't want to be part of that one. No, though. you don't want to be part of that one. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Uh I'm glad I'm glad you came out. You're bigger man, Connor. Thank bigger you. man. Thank you. Um yeah, well, so we found out she wasn't pandering. That was actually news to me, so I was actually intrigued, really intrigued to hear that. It's pretty cool though. Pretty cool. Um you're, let's move right along cool. though. I try. You know me. Well, yeah, you try really uh, hard. <laughs> a little bit too hard sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, so let's get right to the big news. Uh, Dodgers won the World Series. Connor, how many curses did you throw that night? Um, Only 52. But you know what? Golf claps for Dodgers because after the last few years, they deserved it. And, and after 2017, they deserved it. 
<laughs> I guess. I guess. I mean, if you get there so many times, yeah, it's like yeah, the LeBron haters, the LeBron haters say, if you get there so many times, eventually <laughs> you'll win, right? Yeah, exactly. And to be fair, I don't hate Clayton Kershaw, so I was happy to see him. Especially like mm-hmm. someone put like his resume with all his accolades and everything up in like a in like a little graphic or whatever, and now he's finally yeah. a, a World Series winner too. He deserved it, man. He's a solid, solid guy. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I don't. I don't hate Clayshaw or Kershaw. Jeez, um, but let's be quite honest with that particular game. That was a weird, weird call from Kevin Cash at the end. Oh, uh, in yeah. the was it sixth inning? He pulls the starting pitcher. Um, he was not, he was not wheeling star- and- not just the starting pitcher, the former Cy Young Award winning pitcher who hadn't pitched a hundred pitches yet, had nine strikeouts. This was only the second hit and zero walks on him, and it was a single. Let's. let's- it was the sixth inning, and right? It was the sixth inning. He hadn't hit a hundred pitches in six innings. So anyway, yeah, yeah, go ahead. After after all that, go ahead. Yeah, he he pulls him out after one hit. Right, it was just a single, I believe. Yeah, so it was the second hit off of him in the night, but but the first hit that inning, whatever, like yeah, yeah, yeah. he yeah, just yeah. gave up one hit, yeah. and and they decided to pull him immediately, and then wasn't it like the very next batter or something like that got another hit, and then yep. it just it just kind of snowballed after that, right? Yep. Yeah, so like it was. I don't know. I, I don't know if Kevin Cash had like money on this game or if you know what was going on with this decision or maybe maybe his bench coach had because that's a thing in baseball as a bench coach who kind of like looks at the stats and stuff but like i don't know maybe his bench coach was getting paid off who knows but like all i know is it made zero sense but from what i understand from blake snell's interviews afterwards was he said something to the effect of like well i know in in his mind like cash's mind was that he felt like they were going to adjust to me, you know, like he was, he was going through the third, the third Mm -hmm. time seeing that lineup basically. And the next batters were, I think it's like Betts, then Turner, then Mm -hmm. either Bellinger or uh, Seager or something like that. Like some big hitters Mm -hmm. on that team where I think cash got scared and was like, Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like it's 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 their third time yeah. seeing him, so they're gonna make adjustments, and that's a scary lineup. So let's throw something new at him. But mm-hmm. I also saw another stat after that too in a tweet that was those batters were 0 for six combined on Snell that night. So like, right. and and Snell even said it in his interview. He's like, but does he not think like why doesn't he trust me to make also make adjustments? My adjustments. Yeah, like why right. not make my adjustments? Like and- I've seen them three times too. The other thing is you're taking – I know they warm up, but you're taking a cold pitcher into the game. Mm-hmm. Like this person, you know, who knows the last time they pitched, they come in and and they're seeing those big guys. Like I know you're you're throwing something new, but maybe that pitcher wasn't ready. It's just, it's just crazy that he was pl- playing so well. Again, like all the points we brought up, six inning, he hasn't pitched 100 pitches, which is usually like – around the time where you start thinking about pulling up, but he was still wheeling and dealing one hit and all of a sudden he pulls him. Mm-hmm. He gets scared. It was just a weird situation. You don't see that a lot. Uh, just a bad decision, which, which sucks because like, let's say the opposite happens. I mean, as a coach, you're going to get scrutinized for literally everything, but it, you know, if he pulls him and it's the right decision, obviously all of a sudden they're praised for it, but he just made a bad call on that one. Yeah. That one spot. Well, and the hard thing too to say is cause like if you, if you watch, 
the way Snell was pitching. I mean, he was just a laser that night. And then you bring in this other guy, and the other guy gives up a run, like the tying run on a wild mm-hmm. pitch. It hit the dirt or whatever, and, it, and the catcher couldn't cover it. That's the other thing. I feel like even if you are scared for those hitters, like uh, scared for those com- upcoming hitters, why don't you give the – uh, the pitcher like one hit is nothing after the night he's having exactly like if he gives up another hit in a row the very next batter then you start thinking about it you know or maybe you pull on at that point but it's like it's only one hit yeah on a great night it's just it was very weird uh it could have cost it probably cost them that game which cost them the series mm-hmm. and now dodgers are dodgers are winners yeah yeah Oh, man, what a time to be alive where L.A. fans needed their egos to get even bigger between the Lakers and the Dodgers. <laughs> uh, I hate it. I hate when L.A. wins. It's I know, me too. It's like when New York wins, too. I'm just... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. same thing. Gag exactly. me with a friggin' spoon, dude. Mm, and, yes, okay, Daddy. and the other thing um, in that game, too, was the weird, like, COVID controversy. Just came up with that on the fly. That one's that one's Ooh, for you. Alliteration. Yeah, that one's for you, big boy. Uh, the COVID controversy with Justin Turner. What what was up with that? So he got pulled in, I believe, the sixth inning, right? Because they just got in a test result from earlier in the day uh, that he was positive. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they got pulled in the middle of the game. Now, apparently, the story that came out was that he, if I'm getting this correct, he had an inconclusive test the day before. So they tested him again in the morning. They didn't get that test result back until the middle of the game. They pulled him once they got it, right? Here's the thing. <laughs> he, after he came out as positive, he they took him out of the game. But then, like, a little bit after the celebration started on the field and everything, he walked right back out of there. At first with the mask, but still, he walked right back out there. He was kissing his wife. He was shaking hands. He was taking photos. He, like, shook hands with Clayton Kershaw and Mookie Betts and all this stuff. It's like, it just looked terrible from everybody's standpoint. Like, yeah, you just won. I get it, man. It's the biggest point in your career. But, like, there are there are bigger things going on right now than just sports. Yeah. And I don't even care if it comes out that that is a false positive. I hope it is a false positive. I don't want him to have COVID, right? But what the information they knew at the time, he should not have been on that field. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like he had a, a he had a definitive positive test earlier in the week. Everyone else has to quarantine for 14 days. What like? How was that? Well, how I don't. That again, I think I came out. I think I came out later that it was just inconclusive earlier. Oh, so the earlier test was a false positive. Okay, I see what you're saying. I thought, or, or they just didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it okay. might have been. And so they retested him, and then it came back positive. And so I'm just saying, even if it comes out, even if he gets tested again, and all of a sudden it's negative, in the weird chance that this new one, even if it's false positive, because I feel like I, I went on Twitter a little bit, which I usually don't. So forgive me, Father, for I've sinned. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I went on Twitter a little bit. I was seeing people's reaction. And some people that were defending him were like, oh, it's probably it's probably just a false positive. You know, who cares? It's the biggest thing in career. Let him celebrate. They're all adults. They're all consenting. It's like, no, 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 no. Okay. You put all these preca- these protocols for us to play, for the for the people to play. It just it looks terrible for you and the team, for the MLB. Mm-hmm. It looks terrible to have him out, out there celebrating. Again, for the information they knew. Again, I don't care if it comes out later that for whatever reason, that test was also false positive. Like the information yeah. you at the time, he, sh- he just should not be out there. Yeah. 
Okay. That well, and that makes sense. I think for the celebration, yeah, he definitely shouldn't have been out there. I, th- from what I had read before, it looked like um, Ken, was it Ken Ken Rosenthal or something like that? He's the yeah, he's the, yeah. the baseball reporter. He yeah. tweeted out something that was like it was a positive test earlier in the week, and I'm like, if that's mm-hmm. the case, I think he should not have been on that field whatsoever. Well, yeah, and that's what came out first because like, I think he misspoke on live TV. Uh, I think he said that and then he came back on Twitter and was like, Hey, like actually it wasn't a positive. It was an inconclusive test earlier. Whatever Ken backpedaling. It's whatever. (laughs) But yeah, it's just, it looks bad. And apparently now, I mean, they're under investigation for giving it, but also it's kind of weird that, I mean, this isn't as egregious, I don't think, but it's kind of weird that, um, he was, he had an inconclusive. Okay. I guess it's not weird. I understand the reasoning, but he had an inconclusive test and then they still played him that night. Again, I can kind of get it. Okay. We don't know for sure. Just send him out there, whatever. Right. Yeah. But cause at first we did think it was a, a positive test and I was really mad that they knew and they still sent him out there. Right. Um, but now that it's, it's came out that it's inclusive. I mean, that's a little fishy, but not, not as egregious. I don't think. Oh man. I don't know. I know. I a mean, little, a little. I, I thought to myself. I mean, this isn't going to happen. But I thought to myself, like, what if in some crazy world they get punished more than the Astros did? <laughs> I was just thinking that. <laughs> I was like, I mean, they didn't cheat. <laughs> they did. Right. They didn't cheat. Right. <laughs> let's let's I, get that be, right. That would be wild if they got their titles stripped out of this crazy thing, <laughs> and, and the Astros are out here cheating, Can and they didn't imagine? do anything. Right. Robert Manfred would have rioters <laughs> at his doorstep. People, people yeah. who aren't even Dodgers fans would be rioting yeah. at his doorstep, like like freaking Frankenstein with like torches and pitchforks. Exactly, dude. That would be crazy. Again, not gonna happen. I just thought uh, that would be funny. <laughs> that would be so funny. It's like stripped of the title. Fine, you yeah. lose like ten draft picks, like all this stuff. Coaches like, banned from coaching for ten years. Yeah. They, they like yeah, slap them with like the Pete Rose. Like they're like yeah. banned from the sport. Yeah. Can't go to the Hall of Fame. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but well, congratulations to the Dodgers. Even though it was a little not, I don't want to say tarnished. Tarnished is a bad word. A little uh, sullied, I guess. Is that the right word? I don't know. I don't but know. You know I mean, I don't, little... I don't think so. At the same time, I mean, it's it's it is um it is different because okay. of the weird season, the shortened season, and right. and also because of like the questionable. Well, no, no, I'm not. I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about the controversy that came out. Oh yeah, uh, I mean, I, yeah, I, I mean, I guess for I, whatever I would, reason, I wouldn't even say that Sully's the the exactly I, win, but I would say with yeah. the shortened season and everything like that, that kind of like is like, well, yeah. I mean, you did win, oh, yeah. but it's also like a weird season for everyone, so. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, people are putting asterisks on it already, uh, especially <laughs> just like the Lakers, just like the Lakers. It's true, it's championship. true. Yeah. Uh, but hey, speaking of the Lakers, let's move right along to the NBA news. Uh, so I think we reported it last week that the NBA is thinking about a December twenty second start. Yeah. Excuse me, and uh, Danny Green actually came out. Excuse me again, and said uh, that he thinks most guys are going to be like, well, I'm not going to be there if it starts on December 22nd. I And I get where they're coming from. I, like that is short. I mean, we talked about it last time. Yeah. That's a short time yeah. to turn around. But I mean, really, I feel like if it came down to it, I think most people would still be there. I think there's a, there's a select few. I think it also came out that a, a growing number of people are coming out against that. 
And the NBA is usually good at, at hearing the players, mm-hmm. trying to make compromises, stuff like that. But I think if it came down to it, for whatever reason, if if Adam Silver made it 22nd, I think most people would still be there. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And to Danny Green's like point, I, I, I would argue it a little bit that it's the teams that didn't just finish. <laughs> it's it's all the teams that didn't yeah. make it to the finals who have had a little bit more of an offseason that are going to be fine exactly. with it. Um, I mean, even people going to the conference finals maybe like are like, oh, we didn't, really didn't get much of a break. But especially people who didn't even go to the bubble, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know we they're were they're ready to play. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We were talking about it a little bit. It was like, but could you imagine if like those teams just didn't show up and then we have a finals with only teams that didn't make the bubble? Yeah, like <laughs> we had all of a sudden Timberwolves versus the Knicks. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was uh I don't know. I was dry heaving at that one, but uh, <laughs> I uh I yeah. said, yo, could we get a Warriors and Nets finals though? I'm here for that one. That would be The Nets made it though to the bubble. Oh, you're they right, they did. The you're right, they did. Ooh. Yikers. They were just Ooh, very for- they were for- very like Warriors. For- they were very forgettable in the bubble though. Yeah. Warriors <laughs> and like Hornets, dude. Both oh yeah, teams. there we go. Both your teams. <laughs> Both my teams. That's true. <laughs> exactly. Um yeah. Yeah, I thought that was that was interesting what he's saying, and like I said, more people. It it didn't say who, but more people apparently are coming out um, uh, against it. Um, not coming out against it fully, but you know, growing concern about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I can see. But it. I, I think they should just. I think they just start after the first of the year, shorten the season, try to get it back mm-hmm. on track. But I just don't. I, I don't even at this point, I don't know how you can get it back on track without just like not playing until like next season again. Right, or having another very short, like a lockout season, like a very yeah, short season. Yeah. Without having like that, which I think they might. I mean, they already shortened it. Even twenty December twenty second start, they already said it, that would be seventy two games. Right. If they right. push that back more. It might be even less. Which I think. I think it was the group that came out and said, "Oh, like we're not going to play." Then, um, said they're hoping for. Uh, I think MLK Day start, which is January eighteenth, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Which is literally like a month later. Yeah. Which would probably get rid of at least five to ten games, maybe. Mm-hmm. So yeah, most that's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. But in other NBA news, 76ers hire Daryl Morey, man, which, hey, I think I, I said it a couple episodes ago when we when we heard the news that he was resigning. I wanted him as a Wizards fan. I wanted him to come to the Wizards because I think <laughs> I think he ha- he's had a great track record and he's willing to just throw it out there and just try to win, right? Yeah. And I think this is actually really good for the 76ers because for the same exact reason. Yeah. Like if it's he he has the balls and again maybe it will work maybe it won't but he has the balls to be like well shit you know we're not doing well this year all right who wants <laughs> who wants these people you know who wants these players who wants Ben Simmons now I'm not saying he's gonna do that but if it comes down to it he has the balls to to do it right no I agree with you and you you also mentioned this when we when we covered him leaving the Rockets was that uh, he would be really good on a team that's kind of on like the cusp. And so I'm pretty sure yeah. he looked at the wizards and went too far gone. So I'm going to go to the Sixers. <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> so I'm going to go to the yeah. Sixers and I'm going to see if I can turn this team around. Well, not turn them around yeah. really, but just like give them that boost they need. Cause it's not really, exactly. it's not really a turnaround. It's just, Hey, you've got these pieces. Now let me come mm-hmm. in, do my thing, put this together so that it let me, fits in this nice puzzle. Yeah, I think I think I'm sure at first he'll probably just try to f- move a few pieces around, maybe get rid of Al Horford, or maybe get yeah. rid of Tobias or something. Something yeah. like I'm, like a minor piece and then if it doesn't work after that, dude, I 
big changes are coming to 76ers. I agree. Big yeah. Changes. Well, and we have the Doc Rivers hire too for them. So like I'm really That's interested right. to see what the Sixers teams look like next year. I'm I'm very mm-hmm. curious. Also, here's an interesting thought is Doc Rivers, you know, he's been the GM, the GM mm-hmm. over at the Clippers for a while. Um is he are they going to butt heads when if they don't are they going to get along or will they butt heads when, you know, Daryl Morey wants to trade this player, but Doc wants him or vice versa or something like that happens? Yeah, I, don't it, know. It, it, I mean, it very well could be. It could be a kind of a a weird like kind of ebb and flow with their relationship. But mm-hmm. it also could be that the ownership maybe come and say, look, Doc, we know you had this like two like kind of like two faces over at the uh, over the Clippers here. You're a head coach. That's it. Like you yeah. don't. You don't get involved in the rest of it. You just do what you're supposed to do, Maybe. and that's coach mm-hmm. the players. Maybe, but even at even if they talk to him about, I'm saying like if Daryl Moore is making moves that he doesn't like. Oh yeah, they'll butt heads um, for sure. But yeah, I mean that's yeah. I think that's inevitable with any coach and GM relationship though. If, right. if the GM is making moves that the coach doesn't agree with, right? I think the best would be if they're working together. They're harmonious, you know. Oh, but totally. We'll see. We'll see. Which I think honestly, I think it's going to be one or the other with those two. I think either it's gonna they're gonna get along. It's gonna between. work great. <laughs> I I don't see it honestly. It, yeah, they're gonna get along and it's gonna be great. Or they're gonna butt heads and one or both of them are gonna not gonna live out their five year contract. I was gonna say so. Basically, what you're saying is like either we see Rivers out next year or we see Maury out next year. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I think I'll give them two years. I'll give them two years. Two years. You're, yeah, yeah. you're generous. Yeah. Yeah. You hear that a lot, um, though, don't you? <laughs> yes, I'm a generous lover. Yes. <laughs> uh, but in more uh, front office news, Steven Silas actually uh, got hired as the new head coach for the Rockets, and that's an interesting hire. He's been on the Maver- he's been a Mavericks assistant for a while. Mm-hmm. He's been in the NBA. Just dude, his dad, uh, Steven Silas. Paul Silas. Uh, no, he's Steven. Paul, thank you, Paul Silas. Uh, was an NBA uh, player, mm-hmm. uh, coach, I believe, too. And coach, yep. And and yeah, he just comes from the bloodline. Yep. I think it's, I think it's interesting. All these new assistant coaches getting hired, which usually happens like every couple of years, like a bunch of assistants just get hired new. Um, so yeah, hey, let's see what happens, man. Let's see. That's the other thing. It's like, it's kind of like when Ty Lue got hired with the Maver or the Cavaliers. Now I don't think it's as as crazy. You know, I don't think James Harden is as much of a coach as LeBron, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But it's going to be interesting to see how much control Silas has versus oh, I guess over Harden or yeah. you know, is is Harden running the team or is Silas running the team? Right, right. That's what I'm wondering. No, that I, I think so. that's a, I think that's a great point. And I also corrected you on his father's name like I knew what I was talking about. I totally googled who Steven Silas was when I was putting these notes together cuz <laughs> I had no idea. But uh no, it was pretty interesting cuz yeah, he got hired like yeah. under his dad back in yeah. like uh like mid 2000s at when his dad was mm-hmm. part of the Bobcats at that time or whatever and uh oh, yeah. so then he was like with that organization and then he he kind of moved around a lot doing some like scouting jobs and things and then he was hired actually he was actually one of the I think it was he he was the youngest assistant coach in the NBA or youngest assistant at the time or something at 27 he was an assistant coach with his oh, dad wow. as the head coach of the Bobcats or something like that I don't know I read something to that effect so that was pretty cool um that's cool but yeah i mean he's been with some he's been with some decent teams he's seen some decent organizations so i, I think it's interesting i think it, it'll mm-hmm. um, be a good look for the rockets to kind of bring in some new blood and uh yeah. some maybe someone who hasn't had that head coaching job yet to i don't know just give like a fresh perspective 
Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think it will be interesting to see, okay, who's really running the team here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, is yeah. Uh, and, and, and to the effect of, of, you know, the kind of the teams he's been on coaching trees and stuff like that during the week, actually we had me and you were talking to Brent uh, on our discord chat. Shout out Brent, best producer in the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's, uh, and he, yeah, he kind of brought up the whole coaching tree of Nick Nurse and all those because yeah. we were talking about the Raptors assistant coaching tree of Nick Nurse and even the coaching tree of Popovich and and under Popovich and and the coaching tree of Rick Carlisle, mm-hmm. who who Stephen Silas is coming from, yeah, that that's interesting and that's a great organization that to to come from to learn from Rick Carlisle. I think I think uh, he's got a lot of potential. Yeah, no, it's I, be I I definitely agree, but. Um, and as a jazz fan, I was really interested to see you pop this in here that the Miller family is reportedly selling the jazz. Actually, actually, I think they've already have or something. I don't know. I think, I think it's already like confirmed. They just have to go through the, yeah. the motions of like actually getting the lead to approve it and all that stuff. But yeah, yeah. Cause I saw, I, I saw some like, confirmed. I saw some like tweets or something from the guy who is buying the jazz from them or whatever. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was really interesting. Cause if, um, you all, which I'm, I'm assuming you don't, because I really doubt many of our listeners are from Utah. But at this point, I don't know. <laughs> but maybe. Um, but yeah, the Miller family is huge in Utah. I mean, they they're like yeah. long time, kind of old money, if you will, in Utah, where like mm-hmm. they just had a lot of land and businesses, and their their main thing now is their car dealership. They have a, a thousand every car dealership. dealership. Every dealership is a Larry. Every H. Miller dealership dealer. is yeah. yeah. Every dealership is Larry H. Miller, and so like. Yeah, they've owned and they've also owned the Jazz for way too long. long. <laughs> so, yeah, a long like, time. this was kind of surprising because it was like, it was like Larry H. Miller's thing, and then it got passed down to like his kids and the mm-hmm. family, and it was it mm-hmm. basically it, the family. I don't think technically owned them in the sense that like their business owned the Jazz, if that makes sense. Right. I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of a weird right. thing with that, but right, their uh, business owned it, but the kids owned the business too, and exactly. so technically that yeah yeah. So it wasn't, it, well, there wasn't technically like one face to the owner, I guess you could mm-hmm. say, where you can definitively say, where you can like definitively look at the Patriots or the Cowboys and be like, oh, Jerry Jones, that's the owner. Robert Kraft, yeah. that's the owner. We're like, this mm-hmm. is more like the, the Miller organization is the owner. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was interesting. Very, very long time owners of the team are, are selling it off. So yeah, I thought that was the most interesting is they, like you said, they have been uh, uh, the, the owner for so long. And like you, you mentioned it already, Larry H. Miller is all of that Miller family's all over Utah, yeah. all over Idaho. I actually used to technically work for the for them because I used to work at um, was it Fans, and they are a they're a retail sports clothing store or whatever, and they're owned by the Miller Company. I and so like that. I would always see yeah I'd always see like Larry H Miller like on my checks and everything. It was weird. Huh, that's interesting. Um, I also yeah, I also they, just remember too because there's also a string of movie theaters that uh, my wife and I would always go to in Utah. The Megaplex theaters. Those are also Larry H. Miller in Utah. Dude, everything's Larry H. Miller. Yeah. Yeah. My groceries Uh, were Larry H. Miller? I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, I think he owned, does he own part of the Real Salt Lake? I think he does. I I would not be surprised. I I think you're right. I don't don't know if Real is part of it, but I think it said, it mentioned that not only they're selling part of the stakes and their jazz, but also other like sports businesses that they own. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all. So it might be Real Salt Lake too, probably, and it could be the Salt Lake Bees, the AAA team for the Angels. I I don't know if they have a hand in that too, but they might. Yeah, yeah, they're all over the place. Um, But yeah, speaking of 
big names. Uh, the Mavericks came out, and, well, a rumor came out that said they they wanted to make big moves, big waves, and and they are willing to trade anybody but Luca and KP. And I thought it would be interesting to to see uh, to for me and Connor to talk about who actually would be a good third, a realistic third wheel for them and what i mean by realistic is like if they're a free agent this offseason if they're on the end of their contract like who could actually like feasibly you could see come into the mavericks does that make sense yeah you know that makes sense um Mm -hmm. i didn't really look up who's like at the end of their contract but i was just kind of thinking of like Mm -hmm. what they need so i want to i want to hear your thoughts on this first and then i'll I'll, I'll rebuttal so I have a few things just I'm literally just looking at a list of like free agents coming up this off season. Mm-hmm. And off that, I mean, there's honestly this off season kind of sucks as far as free agents goes. <laughs> it's not a big one. Like the top one is AD of course, but we all know where he's going. Uh, back to the um, Pelicans, right? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, now uh, an interesting one I thought would be Fred Van Fleet. Now I think he would fit cause he's good with the ball and without it, but mm-hmm. I just don't, he doesn't move the needle for me. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm trying to think of more people who would come out with that. Um, another one is Gordon Hayward, which I think another team came out, said they're actually looking for Gordon Hayward. Um, I think if he can, if he comes back to a bigger role in a different team uh, and, and he can be any, any kind of, you know, what he used to be. Cause on the Celtics, he was good. He's a great team player. Mm-hmm. Um, but after the injury, man, he just hasn't been the same. So if he has a bigger role in a different team, maybe that changes. I think that would be interesting. Another one would be Danilo Gallinari. I actually think he fits in so perfect with them. Another foreigner. <laughs> foreign big man. <laughs> uh, another foreigner. I mean, he can play the three. He can play the four, which works. Uh, and he's. I think he's a great shooter, um, great post-up. Like I think that would work really good. But kind of the same – discussion as fred van fleet is like does, how much does he move the needle to yeah. me i think he he moves it a little more than fred because he fits in a little better with mm-hmm. the other two stars but it's just still not that much um so that's just based off like people coming off uh, uh free agents right now but the one person that they can maybe try to make a trade for that we've already discussed a little bit is um uh victor oladipo oh and i, I thought about him I thought that would actually be really good. Like if they can stagger him, them and Luca's minutes. So it's like, obviously they're starting and finishing games, yeah. but if they like in between games, if they're mostly one primary ball hander, like the one guy on the court uh-huh. at times, I mean, they both could handle an offense. I think they both would work well with KP. I think they would work with well with each other, but they're pretty ball dominant. So I actually really like that one. If I just don't, I don't know if the Mavericks have enough to trade for him. But th- those are my guys right now. Yeah, I don't know. Th- those are some interesting picks. I didn't even think about Oladipo because so who I saw when I was thinking about this fitting into like the Mavericks or who they need really not like fitting into their system necessarily, but who they need right. is kind of like I don't know. Luca's like a pretty good facilitator, but I feel like they need that like small guy, like the point guard basically, like point guard, shooting guard, kind of like really has good court vision, but it can also like pull up for the three mm-hmm. and just kind of gives them that like extra weapon that they need. Um, okay. And so someone I was thinking of who I, I would not consider realistic when you're saying who's a realistic pick, um, <laughs> okay. but if they could snag Devin Booker, that would be absolutely oh, insane. If they could, like if they, I could. mean, obviously if they could, that would be crazy. 
I honestly think it could work because Devin Booker always needs a point guard next to him. I feel like that's always the Suns like Bane mm-hmm. is trying to find a good point guard to fit next to him. Luca could be that point guard, and then like I was saying with Victor Oladipo, if you stagger their staggering their minutes in between the games, I mean. You have somebody attacking you at all times exactly. <laughs> when you're versing the Mavericks. Exactly. That would be that would be wild. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I'm looking through the list as well, and I'm not seeing anyone like jump off mm-hmm. like, oh, DJ Augustine. Never mind. There it is. There's our answer mm-hmm. right there. Well, and especially if we're just talking about if we're just talking about free agents this this off season, there's not a whole lot for them. That's nah. why apparently another report came out that they are one of many teams trying to go in all in for Giannis next year. Oh which, yeah. I mean, I I don't see a lot of teams that Giannis wouldn't fit on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so no, yeah, Giannis would true. be crazy. Yeah, and Devin Booker is definitely not on the this list for the next couple of years. Uh, your yeah. your uh, ex boy Kelly Oubre Jr. though is is open next year. I know. I love Kelly Oubre Jr. I love his energy. He's a nice three and D guy. Uh, he's he's. I don't know if he'll ever get like more than more than um you know 15 point per game score which mm-hmm. is pretty good but um he he seems to be adding a few more stuff to his game i love it uh i actually think he works really well with that young suns team but on the mavericks he's not moving the needle but as like a role player i think the mavericks would pick him up yeah, really well exactly mm-hmm. although i did i do like you bringing up fred van vliet though i mean like he was he's mm-hmm. been really solid for the raptors and again i agree with you i don't think he moves the needle by right. uh, like a significant margin but I still feel like he would actually add to what I'm kind of talking about. I was like, kind of that facilitate, like extra facilitator, I should say, because Luca does a great mm-hmm. job facilitating, but I feel like they just need that, like, that just that little extra piece of, like, mm-hmm. here's another guy that can come out and run the floor when they need him. Mm-hmm. I, I actually do like that. When you bring up your point, I, I like Fred Van Fleet more. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm, I'm still mm-hmm. looking. Um, I'm looking at, like, the Jazz actually have quite a few interesting pieces. Jordan Clarkson's up for free agency this year, but I mean Jordan Clarkson isn't like a facilitator. He's just kind of like a role player right. guy that can come in to shoot. Well, Mike Connolly's up, isn't he? Uh, oh, he is. Yeah. And Mike if he they, if they could get him on a cheap deal and he plays like he did in the at the end of the bubble, that would be really good for them. Yeah. No. That's and a good point. and cheap. I mean, yeah. Give him what he deserves. I mean, not thirty two million that he was just making. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> like like that's too, that's overpriced. That's weird. Well, it was the Grizzlies deal, and then they. Traded. Oh yeah, Anyways. true. <laughs> that's uh, right. I forgot yeah. he was on a trade. He wasn't on a. Uh, he was on a sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, if the if the Jazz gave him that much money, that would be terrible. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm actually really excited for the Mavericks, dude. Their future is is nice and bright. Yeah, you know whose future cool. is not looking bright right now is uh, Odell. Ooh, yeah. That was rough. That was that was a rough, rough news to get, rough to see. Yeah. That was a rough game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to say because, the least. <laughs> because yeah, like Baker was like 0 for 5 with an interception with a pick six. Yeah. And then I believe I, I could be getting a little bit wrong, but I believe he goes down with the injury OBJ does. Uh-huh. And then not right after, but like a little bit after that, then the Browns start picking it up. Baker well like goes like Perfect. One he, one perfect. miss pass. Yeah. Oh, well, it was perfect. Pretty perfect. much five I, touchdowns. I mean, maybe maybe like, one miss pass, but like he's like a perfect stat line after that. Dude, he was, and that's that is the crux of Baker Mayfield. Dude, what are you? <laughs> are you this man that goes perfect with five <laughs> touchdowns, or are you the man who goes zero for five with a pick six? Like, pick a lane, dude. <laughs> 
or meet in the middle. Like, yeah, you don't have to be. You don't have to be Tom Brady, but don't be like Josh yeah. McCowan. Like, geez, just or yeah. Brian Hoyer. Like, just just pick a lane. Exactly. No, I um, agree with you. But, I mean, well, here, the, the the other weird thing too is uh, with Baker Mayfield. Have you seen the NFL memes page with like the Baker yes. Mayfield cycle? Yes. I love the Baker yes, Mayfield yes, yes, cycle. For those so of you who haven't seen it, it's like, what is it? It's basically like plays like shit, then yeah. uh, lo- like basically gets like locked in, dialed in, proves the haters yeah. wrong, talks shit, becomes shit again, and like it, it just it just <laughs> yeah, repeats yeah, yeah. itself. It's a cycle. And, and my favorite was like after this last game or whatever, it was like we're here right now, which is like prove the haters wrong. So we're just coming right back again. <laughs> just don't worry. Don't don't you worry. Exactly. Uh, I'm trying to find. I don't know if I'll find it real quick, but. The, I follow the Washington football team subreddit, and they they had the same meme, but for the Washington football team. Uh huh. It's like play like shit, you know, you know, get get trashed. Uh, all of a sudden, play uh, play a terrible team, and then their defense looks amazing, <laughs> and then they get a million <laughs> you mean sacks. Like how they they rolled over yeah. the Cowboys like just yeah exactly them. <laughs> exactly. Like, they're, whoa, defense, they're looking really they're de- good. If they play like that every time, bro, they'd be amazing. But no, they're they're not going to because the Cowboys suck too. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, Cowboys, yeah. Cowboys. But hey, let, let's not get let's not let's not forget the fact, dude. OBJ out with the rest of the year torn ACL, dude. That just sucks for him. Yeah. But it's almost it's it's interesting. I I don't I wonder if that game I I think it's just a game. But is he is Baker if Baker plays better now? For whatever reason, the thing, the talk is going to be he's better without OBJ, which I don't, even if he does play better now, I don't think it's, I don't think it's OBJ 100%. I don't even think it's OBJ's factor 50%. Like, I think if he starts playing better, you know, he's getting settled into first year coach, mm-hmm. he's getting settled into the season, you know, all that, all that factor. I think that factors in more, but that is going to be the talk if he starts playing better. It's true. But the thing is, is that like Baker started playing better this season like he actually started looking really good and and hooking up with OBJ. Like we were like, oh, they're finally like yeah. c- making that connection and finally like pulling it off. Like That's where true. everyone saw this like death lineup in the in Cleveland that was like, oh, this could finally happen. And then mm-hmm. it just wasn't working last year. And so then now this year it was like finally kind of hitting its stride. And then all of a sudden again, back to the top of the cycle, shit the bed. We're going back around, yeah. but. I don't know. I, I wonder if it's almost like he feels like he has too many weapons. And so, like, he feels the pressure to, like, distribute the ball too much, where instead of making, like, the right play. The right. Exactly. Like, instead maybe. of making the right play, he feels like he has to, like, he has to spread the love, where it's like, no, 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 no. Like, you have all these weapons. Just you need yeah. to find the right guy. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. But uh, it's just it's tragic for OBJ. I, I hope he comes back stronger than ever. Um, yeah, but like I said, it's going to be interesting. The other, the other thing is who's going to step up in his place because Jarvis Landry is a slot receiver. Like, I don't right. think if you put him, if you put him as try to put him as the number one guy, he can be the number one guy from the slot, but I don't, you know, he's not going to, who's going to pick up the slack is what I'm saying, you know? And yeah. is it going to be Jarvis? It's going to have to be by committee, but the majority of it, is it going to be Jarvis? I don't know because now more pressure is on Jarvis. More attention is on him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's true. It's be... I mean, at least OBJ, you had like the deep ball threat with him where it's like, oh, is he going to go short mm-hmm. with the slot or is he going to go deep to OBJ? Like, you're right. Like, it was it was hard for defense to cover. Now it goes, oh, there's the ringer cutting across the yeah. field. Like, just cover him. Right. 
So and like, yeah, I mean, we'll make we'll make this no name try to catch it and try to beat us, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I don't even know. I don't even know. Yeah, who, name who name another one. name another Browns receiver. I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't even know. I mean, they've got Kareem Hunt. <laughs> that's that's all I've got. Like, yeah, the, yeah they line up Kareem on the, in, <laughs> in the wide receiver now. Yeah, I mean, I guess um, they have, they do have Austin Hooper technically in t- at tight end. Who? Yeah, that's is, true. It's actually decent. He's not at, bad. He's, he's not he's bad. He's decent at making catch. He was great for the Falcons in years mm-hmm. prior. He hasn't been super amazing this year for the Browns, but like we know he right. can catch the ball, so maybe he has to step up a little bit too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Read. But. But yeah so uh let's move right along to the bo jackson quote that came out man <laughs> uh dude i hate this stuff he said if he were to play in today's era he'd average 350 to 400 yards per game and i think i think um i think most people have uh, a lot of people said it i think i've heard jordan say it it's so hard to compare eras because it's like my mm-hmm. whole thing is like okay okay let, let's humor this for a second in this situation where Bo Jackson is playing in today's game, did he grow up in today's era? Did he is exactly. he like the same physical specimen, but he just grew up in this era? Or are you literally placing Bo Jackson as he was and putting him in this era? Mm-hmm. And because if he grew up in this era, that's what I'm saying. It's like when people are saying it for like Michael Jordan, for instance. Oh, if Michael Jordan played this in this era, he would be different. He would be different. You know, they're so soft now. Whatever he he get every score. Okay, but yeah, is did he grow up? to become in this to play in this era or are you plunking him in right right because if if they grew up in the same era like they're gonna be similar style does that make sense yeah no i i I hear exactly what you're saying because like i guess on that on that same vein like if jordan grew up in this era and then played in this era he'd be shooting the three ball a whole lot more than he than he did right where, but that you that wasn't three the, ball exactly like that wasn't the game back then. The game back then was like you drive to the hoop, you pull for the mid range mm-hmm. jumper, like their triangle offense, mid range all the time. Exactly, yeah. like yeah. that was that was the deal. And so and your bread and coming up, coming up, you know what happens in the NBA usually trickles down, right? So in the NBA in the nineties, it was a lot tough. I agree, it was tougher because mm-hmm. there was no rules apparently. Yeah, <laughs> so punch yeah, it you trickle- get thrown out of game. Exactly, it trickles down though, and so all these kids growing up, they're not used to it, but it's more a part of the game when they're growing up. So same thing, it's like, yeah, okay, if you pluck him and just put him in there, maybe I guess maybe he'd average four hundred yards a game. But if he's growing up in the same era, but just the same physical specimen, you're not averaging four hundred yards a game. Sorry, Bo, you're just not. I I don't even think if you pluck him and put him in, he's not averaging four hundred yards a game. I would actually, I would reverse that. Yeah. I would say if he grew up in the same era and was still the same guy. That's like this amazing two way player that can play baseball and football and be this, just this crazy athlete. I would say he would be an amazing running back in today. Like, excuse me. Like he'd be like a Marshawn Lynch or something like that, you know, just, just super, super like hard to tackle, whatever. But if you pluck him from what he was and put him in now, then you have guys who like actually knew what like weight training was and like, like all the all this other stuff that's come out yeah, with like taking strength care and, of your body yeah like all this stuff that's come out with strength and conditioning and you have linebackers running at you with that knowledge i'm out no mm-hmm. way if i was bo jackson no your your leg is getting broken just like he broke mm-hmm. bats like that's what your leg's gonna turn into <laughs> yeah yeah that's why i don't really like these these conversations and all these 
because people like the old heads, a lot of them come out and say, "Oh, I'd be way better if I was playing in this era." Like, shut up. Yeah, just... and that's what I hate even more about this is that like he's the one that said it. If it was someone else, I'd be like, "You're yeah. dumb." But the fact that he's the one that said it, I'm like, now you're just worse. Like you look so much yeah. worse. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I I don't like it. I don't. I don't like it. I don't like it, I don't like it bud. I don't like it, buddy. Yeah, listen, listen, um, listen here, buddy. I don't, I don't like that. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. <laughs> hey, buddy. Uh, but yeah, so, so screw Bo Jackson, and I hate him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he was amazing. Okay, he's still a legend. Whatever. Whatever. Hall of Famer, um, I guess. Whatever. 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 Uh, so you brought up a quote actually, um, from a lineman on the the Broncos. Yeah, right? yeah. His name's uh, I'm pretty sure it's Garrett Bowles is how you pronounce it. Um, Bowles. Bowles. I mean, he looks like a bowl. He's freaking round <laughs> and huge. But um, yeah, hey, hey. some somebody asked him about like some something about like comparison with the Chiefs after they played him and stuff like that. And he's like, in my mind, the Chiefs and the Broncos are neck and neck. And I was, and he's getting roasted basically for it. And <laughs> yeah, your face says it all right there. What? <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> yeah exactly your face says it all because uh also in the same week i also saw a graphic that the nfl put out with uh andy reed as thanos with his infinity gauntlet and he was placing <laughs> yeah. the last stone in that was Le'Veon bell yeah <laughs> like that's a much more accurate representation and uh the broncos would be the half that got ashed in the movie <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah or, I, oh, I saw that and i was like or whatever <laughs> yeah whatever they do yeah i, I saw that and i was just no you're i guess in a sense you know as a player you kind of have to you kind of have to suspend some disbelief right (laughs) yeah you have you have to think you're the best and your team's the best right otherwise it's not gonna work like yeah i guess that's there but man the chiefs and the broncos are not neck and neck the the chiefs would not have a a close game with the jets let's put it that way (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's true yeah uh, but you know, we're talking about the worst teams in the league. Let's talk about the best teams in the league. Okay. So I, I brought it up to Connor this week, like, and maybe it's just not, I really don't, you know, I don't watch sports center almost at all anymore. I'm not watching a lot of the games really where I get my news is bleacher report and sometimes Pat McAfee. Right. <laughs> so, so I don't know. I feel like I, I, I feel like the Steelers are undefeated. They're the only undefeated team in the league. They're playing great. I feel like myself included, I feel like uh, nobody's talking about them, I guess. Not nobody, but I feel like they're just not getting the attention that they deserve, I guess. And now, am I incorrect? Do do you feel the same way, Connor? Um, You are incorrect because nobody cares about the Steelers. It's all about the Chiefs. It's all about Mahomes. (laughs) They're doing moves. They're making moves. No, 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 it's true, though. Like, that's the thing is, is you're, I don't think you're, you're, uh, I don't think you're wrong either in assuming that like the big news outlets like SportsCenter aren't talking about it either because all I see are when like quarterbacks, like other quarterbacks other than like Mahomes do cool things, they're, they Mm -hmm. always like show what the quarterback did and be like, if Mahomes did this, the media be going crazy right now. But (laughs) but because it's not Mahomes, they don't care. And like like right. I think it was a video of Philip Rivers who was like scrambling and then did this like crazy ten yard shovel pass mm-hmm. and and it, to I a actually guy. think that was I think that was Ben Roethlisberger was it Ben it might have been Ben I, I don't know think I think it was Ben but I think it was one of these like <laughs> older older QBs that like rushed around yeah. and like did this crazy shovel pass and they were like if this was yeah. Patrick Mahomes the media would be covering this for a week but they're not yeah so. 
But no, that's that's exactly it. Yeah. Is, is all anyone can talk about is like what's going on in Tampa Bay, what's going on in Kansas City, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah, and uh, well, let's talk about it for a second, okay? The Steelers are the best team in the league right now. Mm-hmm. They just they just are. They have like the best defense going, and I don't even think I haven't watched a lot of their. I think I've watched one of their games, honestly. So maybe I'm talking out of my ass. Maybe as somebody correct me. As per usual, I don't even think their offense is like full force right now, which is a little scary. Because okay, for instance, I have Juju Smith on my fantasy team. Same, and he's had like two good games this year. No, he's a bit like, like he's solid. not. He's not not bad games, not at all. He, he's been solid, but he's not going off. And, oh, and that's the number saying. one. Yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, like as he's, a, he's consistent, but like he's only had two like like big yeah. games. I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah, and and again. Uh, I guess I haven't been following him, so maybe I should have done a little more research. But is James Conner going off, I guess, right now? Like, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Again, probably pretty solid, but I don't think he's going off by no means. I mean, Chase Claypool, he got a lot of news. one breakout game. Right, right. And so, yeah, like – they're, I don't. I think their offense is still finding their stride, and defenses usually get better as the season go. Yeah. And they're they're already the best defense in the league. Like they're the six and over the first time since the seventies. Like, they're they're kind of scary, man. Are they are they 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 got to be talked about more? I feel like. I mean, yeah, because the the thing is, is like you you have these guys who aren't making these like like these standout performances. That's the thing is like mm-hmm. they're not going off. They're just they're a solid team. And I guess I mean that's yeah. kind of like the Pittsburgh mantra, I guess, is they're just like mm-hmm. this this hard, tough nose, yeah. hard steel mill grinder. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking yeah. about. But I mean it's kinda <laughs> that's kinda like how that's kind of Pittsburgh's thing is they're just this this hard nosed blue collar mm-hmm. like area of the country. And so that's yeah. kind of what the Steelers are too, is like they don't get really recognized like they should, but like they're just mm-hmm. playing solid football. They're winning, but they're not having these crazy breakout games like some of these other teams. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's how they want it too. Yeah, they're like, yeah, fly under the radar. We do don't, it. we don't need it. Let's just keep playing. That's, I mean, that's pretty um, much my motto going into anything. Is like, just like play right in the middle. Like, do do a great job when I'm going into something new, but don't stand out so they don't expect too much. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just kind of fly you under do the too radar. Much. You do too much, you're going to expect that every time. Exactly. <laughs> Can't show up on time the first day. They're going to expect it every day. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i agree or any day right yeah um anyways moving on um so yeah so carlos dunlap actually got traded to the seahawks who now Con- exactly <laughs> connor brought to my attention that and and i think a lot of people unless you're like really big really big you know football fans probably don't like forgot about him i guess or whatever um he was i believe sitting out this year or played only a little bit let's see i think the stats say he's only started four games he's had one sack this year five tackles this year right he hasn't played a lot okay and um i feel like this is actually pretty big deal okay because let's just look at 2019 connor uh he had nine sacks Wow. He had, you know, 24 tackles. What is this? Hold on. This says um, QB hits 21 or 24. Like, that's a that's a lot, okay? He's a good player. He was a fan. Like, one year, 2015, his best year, he had 13 and a half sacks. And he's, had, he's consistently gotten, like, over six sacks a year. He's a solid player. And as long as this, this kind of not – I don't know what to say. This, uh, you know, not him not playing as much this year. Mm-hmm. As long as this hasn't affected him at all, that's pretty scary because he doesn't have to be the number one guy at the, on the Seahawks. You know? Yeah, true. And, and so if he retur- returns to form, that's a really nice pickup for them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and where's he coming from again? The Bengals, exactly. 
<laughs> he's okay. been on the Bengals okay. since 2010. Okay, yeah. So I totally get if you think, didn't know. I totally I get. I know he got lost there. Yeah, yeah. I think I know who you're yeah, talking yeah. about now. Mm-hmm. Which it, it's also come out. So he's he's been um, vocal about his displeasure this year. You know how they kind of suck and everything. Mm-hmm. It's also come out that their other deep star defensive lineman, Geno Atkins. Also, he came out and like said some words about you know how he he doesn't like how they're playing this year. Like, so I wonder if they also trade him, and because I think the trade deadline is shit. Let me look this up. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold, on, hold the phone. Hold the phone. I gotta get this right. We'll see. Um, Faster Google is next week. Okay, so it's November third. Yeah. Um, so it's fast approaching. If Geno Atkins gets booted out of there. Uh, that's going to be a great pickup for anybody who can get him, especially if he starts talking more and bringing his value down. <laughs> like, cause I think, I think what do they trade for? They, it wasn't a lot that the Seahawks really had to give up. Um, sorry. Let me look this up real quick. So that trade. Hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I I think a lot of people kind of need to get reminded of how how good he was. Yeah. You know, not not the best. I think one year, like I said, his best year he probably was. You know, one of the best. But that was 2015. Right. But he's always been pretty pretty consistent, pretty good. Um. So they traded him for B.J. Finney, an offensive lineman, and a seventh round pick. So yeah, that's a steal. Yeah, that is <laughs> that is definitely a steal. That's, that's a nice trade right there. I was just actually looking. Uh, I was. I, I actually just pulled up the standings because I was curious when we're talking about teams that aren't getting mentioned anymore. And I feel like I never hear about the Ravens anymore. Like as many people that like jumped on the Lamar Jackson bandwagon mm-hmm. last year. Not. I mean, not that they. I don't know. I just. I just feel like I never hear about them. But the Ravens are five mm-hmm. and one right behind the Steelers. Dude, I think it's because they're not having as good a year as flashy of a year that's what i mean as they did that's, last that's the year. thing is like that's it's all about the media like what they can you yeah. know pr- they can yeah. show the highlights and show the flash or whatever but like yeah the ravens are still a solid team and i because I, I was actually just thinking They're like great team, if yeah. gino atkins goes somewhere i was like what if he like what if he somehow gets on well, the ravens like that ravens team is scary then too like well and the ravens just had a trade too who was it did they oh, hold on hold on, hold on. Yeah, i mean because yeah, they just and, signed uh, they just signed des bryant to the practice squad the des bryant um they have Oh jeez, oh yeah, oh jeez, I'm gonna botch his name. Hold on. <laughs> uh, Ngakwe, I think Yannick Ngakwe. <laughs> Did I say that right? I have Anybody? no clue. Anybody? I just like um, seeing you struggle and sweat a little bit about it. Um. <laughs> oh crap! That's my computer. I was like, wow, what is going on? So unprofessional. Whoops. I know. Um. Yeah. So they just got a Ngakwe from the Vikings who he wasn't he on the um the jaguars like he he's I think solid, so, yeah. and that addresses and that addresses a big need for them like if he not even returned to form if he just keeps performing like yeah. pretty solid like yeah yeah and like you said Geno Atkins if he goes somewhere I don't think the Steelers or the Bengals would trade him into another team in the division because that's just kind of like a no-no usually in NFL. Yeah, that's true. But, but also, when you're one in five, does it really matter at that point? <laughs> no, not for them. <laughs> um, but yeah, that I mean, Geno acts on the trade block. It's scary. But yeah, actually, you're right. The the Ravens. You bring up a good point. They're another team, five and one. They, I don't think they've been talked about a lot. And maybe it's the same thing. They're not as flashy this year and. 
they kind of get bunched into that uh to that rust belt kind of <laughs> kind of <laughs> blue collar feel right <laughs> yeah i guess so um balmore yeah Adam balmore yeah <laughs> uh, oh dude i saw a funny video um it was it was this this uh this black guy and he was like he was just recording himself he's like all right baltimore guys say it like this okay and it says earn 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 to earn and it was like aaron <laughs> earn the iron earn or whatever yeah. right and he goes i don't do i really talk like that aaron earn iron, earn like, he kept saying it. it was like it sounded all the same i thought that was really funny that's amazing yeah shout out to our uh, shout out to our boys in the northeast oh yeah shout out brody brody lives in Baltimore. that's true yeah shout out brody man mm-hmm. shout out brody earn 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 is that how you say it brody uh, too? <laughs> yeah he's slowly transitioning to that accent yeah it's like the more uh, well, it's like the more uh, drunk he gets the more that accent comes out <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah no 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 when he gets drunk that philly accent comes oh, out oh oh yeah that's even worse <laughs> Ooh, that one's a rough one <laughs> that one's a rough one um but yeah uh we so let's move on to our uh master debater topics connor uh, we still need an intro for that We're, we'll get one we'll get one you Don't know you we worry. keep saying that but at this point i feel like it's too late we just have to keep rolling with we're gonna get one but we never do <laughs> we'll get one. yeah um now we've actually been trying to get get to these couple ones for weeks now but you know there's just too much news to talk about uh so i'm actually really excited to talk about this um connor do you want to go first on who do you think's who do you think had the worst team the 01 finals with iverson or the 07 finals team with lebron oh and who was the bigger carry i think that was also what we what we oh yeah talked yeah. about it's so both. who's the worst team and who need i guess they're injunction right i guess that's i guess that's true yeah yeah they're kind of yeah. injunction um i mean I, I guess if we're gonna like dive deep into like their stat lines we could kind of get more into like who was the bigger carry based off of that but just okay. purely looking at their roster i think i have to give it to lebron on this one for worst team. really i think i do because you have like now granted you have some old guys on here but you have people like uh tony kukoc and uh Dikembe you're Mutombo. talking about iverson's team right yeah this is iverson's team so like you guys mm-hmm. like Dikembe Mutombo and Tony Kukoc and uh yeah but they were on their they were on the out like they were on no, the I know but I mean you still got like, old heads and and a future hall of famer like again I mean <laughs> they were they were all right they I know were, I, like I'm not Kukoc, I'm not saying they did much I'm just saying that like right. you have some some decent veterans on that team where okay mm-hmm. let's go look at LeBron's team where Mm-hmm. Mm, you have uh larry hughes maybe <laughs> that's okay hey that's my boy and uh you have a young verizhou who might be all right like he was okay but yeah he was young still he was very young yeah still. like that's what i'm saying is like mm-hmm. who who is on that 07 Cavs team Il- yeah ilgowskis was he was solid uh snow i mean he was probably their one of their better shot creators after lebron which yeah. is a big drop off when you go from lebron <laughs> you to don't say. like yeah or delante west you know he banged lebron's mom so uh, <laughs> uh, you know what's interesting that i brought up with both teams okay um with both teams well okay with, with, with lebron's team and you might actually might not be looking at the right year uh, mm-hmm. uh connor because i was looking at um the or maybe i'm looking at the wrong year actually isn't i it, think i'm looking isn't at it 0607 
You are correct. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the wrong year. Oops. Cleveland Let me see this real quick. Stats. My bad, guys. She's so unprofessional. Jeez, I'm sorry. Okay, so I was right. And uh, so with both teams, the – or no, this still <laughs> – anyways. Uh, with LeBron's team, he's not even – in this year, he's still on his rookie contract, and he's fifth highest salary on the team. Wow. The fifth highest. Wow. Again, still on his rookie contract, yeah. but he has Air Snow, Drew Gooden, Ilgalskis, Larry Hughes above him. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty rough. Uh, Allen Iverson, uh, he is the highest paid, but there's a pay, pretty big drop off after that. Like no Allen Iverson's there. making ten million a year. The next is Theo Ratliff. The next is Theo <laughs> Ratliff, man. <laughs> And he's Ooh. making seven point eight million dollars a year. Like that's that's a pretty big drop off. And then like, like you said, those guys that we're talking about, Tony Kukoc and um, Matumbo, um, uh, Matumbo, like they're not even making that much. Like, dude, I I don't know. I think it. I mean, even with those guys, I kind of feel like AI had the harder the harder time. But it's so hard to choose because then I go look at the other roster. I'm like, oh my gosh, that is I will, so okay. tough. I actually, I actually will say, I don't think that the rosters and the uh, carry is related. Now that I'm thinking about it more, because you look okay. at the dominance that LeBron brings to a team, where Iverson is. What have you always told me? Pound for pound, the best scorer of all time. One of them, yeah. Yeah, like I mean. I would argue that Allen Iverson at his like six foot, which is probably padding the stats a little bit. He's probably closer to like <laughs> yeah. five ten, yeah. five eleven, and uh, his what like one hundred and fifteen pounds or whatever he is. Like <laughs> he's like yeah, yeah, exactly, super tiny. But like because he's just a natural born scorer, like mm-hmm. he, I feel like he's actually the bigger carry in this situation. I think he's a bigger carry because I mean, let's look at the stats. Uh, if you look at per game points per game, the the difference between number one and number two is bigger with average. So let's LeBron James averaged twenty seven points a game. The next biggest was Larry Hughes at fourteen points, on pretty much fifteen points a game, fourteen point nine. Yeah. Uh, when we look at Iverson's team, Iverson was at thirty one points a game. The second was Theo Ratliff. <laughs> Shout at, out Theo. At twelve points a game, exactly. So that that's the bigger, yeah, that's the bigger drop off, uh, uh, bigger um, uh, jeez, uh, I'm blanking on the word. You know what I'm talking about? The bigger, uh, the bigger space in between there. Uh, let's see. Um, now to be fair, to be fair, to be I, fair, it's kind of. It's kind of like the same thing when we're talking about the LeBron Michael comparison. It's mm-hmm. like if you want to talk about points scored. Yeah, dude. Give me, give me Michael. Give me honestly. Give me Allen Iverson more. Yeah, like thirty-one points a game and everything. But we're talking about any other stat. Like, give me LeBron. You no, know? it's true. No, I'm not. That's what I'm saying. Is like, if I had to yeah. choose a player to carry one of these, I'd pick yeah. LeBron. So like, yeah, he. I I guess actually I should say LeBron was probably the bigger carry. That's probably the that's probably the correct way to mm-hmm. say that is because like he is able to carry He's a roster like more. this easier than someone right. like an Iverson. But I would right. say Iverson had to jump through more hoops to get there. Like he, mm-hmm. he definitely had, he definitely had to carry the team, like to put the team on his back a little bit more here. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Um, that's the other thing is, uh, Allen Iverson's, you know, natural shooting guard. He played point a little bit, but natural mm-hmm. shooting guard. So he had two other people, 
on the roster averaging at least five assists a game, and he was only averaging 4.6. Now LeBron, LeBron averaged six assists and six rebounds that year. The next biggest person, <laughs> that's funny, Eric Snow was on both teams. I just realized that. Um, the next the next uh, assist man was Eric Snow at four. Wow. Um, and then other than that, there's one other guy with three. Other than that, nobody had over two <laughs> assists for a game. So LeBron, yeah, we're talking again. We're talking about any other stat besides scoring. LeBron, I think, takes it. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. Like again, if I was mm-hmm. to choose a player between I- now, granted, I- Iverson was one of my favorite players growing up, but I would still oh, probably yeah. choose LeBron so if I had to like pick one player now, to carry one of these rosters. Does that does that then help the argument in saying Allen Iverson was the tougher carry? I guess does that make sense? Because he. He wasn't doing as much. Well, that, I guess that's what like, I was so saying. So he like, had to drag them more. I guess that's. I think that's Does what that I'm saying. Sense? Yeah. So I'm actually saying I, I think I think LeBron actually had the worst roster. Roster. But I feel like Iverson did have to carry more. Had more weight on his back. Yeah, I do. Or I have more so. things to do. I guess. Uh-huh. Huh. I actually think I think talking about it. I think I think I agree. Yeah. That's interesting. Oh, but dude, like I could probably. I, I would dive into this for days to oh, see yeah. who's oh, the yeah. toughest roster. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna create a YouTube conspiracy theory video at this point. <laughs> like, <laughs> like dude, you're like the Charlie oh, Sunny. Gosh. It's always Sunny in Philadelphia meme where he's like, <laughs> he's got to explain the mail thing or whatever from that episode. <laughs> oh, now here's here's an interesting stat right here: total points scored uh, between the top guy LeBron or Iverson uh-huh. versus the next top guy. So Iverson. Iverson scored two thousand two hundred points that year. Uh-huh. The next guy, eight seventy eight. Yeah, I, I I pulled that and up then, too. And then on LeBron's side, he scored twenty one, which very similar to, mm-hmm. but he had a little better. Larry Hughes, which was scoring uh, a thousand. thousand. Yeah, he broke a thousand. So, so well, I mean, well, and you have <laughs> LeBron Igalskis too, right behind him with nine twenty five. So like. And then LeBron Drew Gooden had, at 800. Yeah, like LeBron at least had like a little help where Iverson, uh, so Iverson I think, literally was the bigger carry here. Yeah, I think I think we're in agreement. Iverson had to drag that team. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. And what's crazy is, didn't they? I'm pretty sure if I remember this correctly, they they won the first game versus the Lakers, which was shocked them, which was crazy because Lakers – had already won one, right? Mm-hmm. Or was this their first one? I can't remember. Um, and then the Lakers come back and I think sweep like the gentlemen sweep after yeah, that. Yeah. But dude, that one win that was wild. I think I think Allen and I was in like forty one in that game. Uh-huh. Like, dude, it was crazy. That might have been the step over Ty Ty Lue, Like I think so. I think you're right. That was like that was an iconic series, yeah. man. Dude, speaking of Ty Lue, a little bit, I you you brought him up with like the. Uh the the head coaching job and like he was like young and like he was like okay lebron was kind of the, really the coach though like i saw this thing about like the people Ty Lue has been around in his career though as a player and a coach is not like he was on the same team as michael at one point with the wizards and i think he was also teammates with well he's teammates with kobe and shaq right and mm-hmm. he coached lebron and like Kyrie and like just like a bunch of these like big names it's like dude he's been, yeah he's been around he's been around Who's like, he been around with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so one more thing about the salaries that I wanted to bring up too, <laughs> which I think I think this is interesting, man. I I do think it's interesting. So if you look at 2000 to 2001, the uh-huh. highest paid player was Kevin Garnett at 19 million 600, right? Wow. And Allen Iverson is only at 10 million. Wow. 
which is pretty pretty crazy. Which this would probably be the first year off of his rookie contract, mm-hmm. and he's not even like in the top ten highest players, which makes sense. Like he's still establishing himself, right? That's pretty crazy that they made it to the finals with only him, pretty much. Yeah, only this one guy who's not even top ten salaries it, paid. It really is interesting to look at the way money's distributed, though, because I mean that like, they like bring that up in the last dance, for example, with with Scottie Pippen, and then I saw mm-hmm. like later. After there was all this, like, basically justice for Scotty kind of going around way, (laughs) way too long after the fact. But, like, there was all this, like, kind of justice for Scotty happening. And this, I think it was Bleacher Report put out a thing that was like, don't worry, Scotty got paid. Like, he was in the league for so long after that Bulls run. And he was, like, on the Rockets and the Blazers. Trailblazers. Yeah, like, he was on all these other teams that paid him very well so like well he's in these top 10 lists a couple of yeah exactly like the 2001 he's number 10 that's what i mean so like yeah scotty got paid in the end like don't worry but like it is it is weird to see though like at that time where you have like you always bring up someone who is a mvp caliber player in scotty pippen who's not even the not even the second highest paid player on the bulls where he should have been yeah well it's kind of like because what how it happened with the warriors and um, uh, Steph Curry's second contract, uh, he wasn't. He was getting paid like what ten, thirteen million dollars a year or whatever mm-hmm. when they when they extended. I think Clay first, and then like so he wasn't even the highest paid on on that team for for like two years. Right, which right. is pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but and, like that that kind of makes sense. But then like they did give him his dues in the end, where like right, right, right. right. It was it was definitely Jer- not as egregious. Yeah, Jer- Jerry, whatever his name is, I can never remember the GM's last yeah. time. I always remember the owner, Jerry Reinsdorf. But like Jerry, Krause. Jer- yeah, thank Krause? you, Jerry Kraus or whatever. Yes. Like he did not give Scott his dues. He just traded him or, or let yeah. him go. So yeah, yeah. Well, and and now we're talking about it even more the similarities between these two teams are actually crazy because. Now that we're talking about it, uh, the highest paid player in 2006, 2007 was Kevin Garnett again. Again, LeBron wow. not even in top 10. The number 10 was Grant Hill at 16 million. I mean, LeBron's only, at, I mean, this is his last year of his rookie contract, I mm-hmm. believe. So, but he's only at 5 million. Next year, he's only making 10 million. Like, and they're both around the same age at these, this time. Yeah. How old is LeBron? Uh, I mean, Let's yeah, he see. was in drafts in. 2003 so this would be three years after that oh no lebron's younger but still yeah, yeah. like because lebron is 22 around, in this in this finals run right here mm-hmm. but they're around the same like similar s- spots in their career and all this stuff like the right. similarities are pretty pretty crazy it's, yeah, all, well, it's all connecting johnny it's all connected <laughs> i'm getting there i'm getting there <laughs> i can just put see, the, the i can just see you with your post- your strands of yarn on the board <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna put the poster boards up eventually um <laughs> Well, in the same vein, we also wanted to discuss uh, who do you think is the better duo between Kobe and Shaq and AD and LeBron? And you mind if I take this one first, can Connor? I, can I just set this up a little bit really quick? Real quick, I just want to give a shout out. This actually comes from my buddy Jake Wenz. Um, he posted this after they won. He posted this to his story that he would say AD and Braun are a better duo than Kobe and Shaq. But I also think we need to throw in the arguments here of like, in their prime or not like all that stuff so anyway go ahead okay i think okay that's interesting that you bring that up because at first i was going to be like kobe and Shaq immediately is just better mm-hmm. on a couple of reasons i mean they won three finals mm-hmm. like yeah we'll see ad and braun might win three finals together but kobe and Shaq won three finals together Shaq, dude the 
the crazy thing is, I think people also, I mean, I get it. It was a long time ago. People forget how dominant Shaq was. It's true. Especially at that time. Literally, like you Shaq, couldn't guard him. No, nobody could. And there are men, you know, the backboard trying to cover be him. as big. The, back, the backboard, they, they literally had to re-engineer the basketball hoop to fit him. Because of him. Like, <laughs> he is crazy dominant at this time. And Kobe is still growing. Like, he's great, but he's not. I don't think this is prime Kobe. This is not prime Kobe. Right. Like, and this, which which is crazy to think about. Uh, now, we have on the, even if he's at the end, still still prime Braun is prime AD. So mm-hmm. maybe, like, you give that argument. But I don't know. I feel like Shaq, if you're talking about legacy, I think Shaq and Kobe, obviously, because they won three more. But we're talking about where they're at in their careers right then. I think Shaq was so dominant. I think I give it to them by, like, like a little bit. Okay. A little bit. Okay. But if we're talking about who those those two teammates in their prime, Ooh, man, dead <laughs> I don't know. Dead silence. I don't know, man. No, I don't dead know. silence. No. You're still giving it to Kobe and Shaq. I can see it. I think so because then I just thought about, well, I just gave it to Kobe and Shaq because Kobe, by this much, when Kobe wasn't in his prime, but now I'm putting Kobe in his prime. Mm, okay, okay, okay. That's fair too. So I think I have to go Kobe and Shaq still. Yeah, that's fair. You know, I, I, the only thing I, I have to argue here a little bit is 80s scoring potential over Shaq's in today's game, which again, we're, we're comparing eras again a little bit like, and, and, and Kobe and Shaq were not that long ago compared to like some of the other era debates we were talking about earlier. But like, mm-hmm. I just think about how dominant LeBron is in like because LeBron has passed his prime. We can admit that. Like he's still crazy dominant, but he's passed his not, prime. Not that far past, but exactly. Yes. That's what I mean. Not he, not that far past, but he's definitely like on the tail end of his prime. I would argue, and eighties yeah. kind his of like, plateau is is pretty long. His yeah, exactly. His yeah. plateau is very yeah, long, yeah. but like yeah, yeah. yeah. But AD's kind of sitting right in that sweet spot right here. Like he's really finding his rhythm. He's really finding mm-hmm. his groove. And he and AD has always been a very good player as well. But now he's mm-hmm. got the backup he needs, right? Right. Where, yeah, I don't know. With Kobe and Shaq, if we're talking Kobe in his prime, I agree with you. Like, because I think this came from um, when they were the starters, Lee Ellis brought this up, where really it was kind of like those were Shaq's championships. And then after Shaq left, then they were Kobe's championships. Like Kobe won those championships mm-hmm. in LA. But, well, that's what I mean. He wasn't Kobe. Wasn't the Kobe he is now at that time? Right. No. no and still, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I don't know. But part of me still like I look at how like again the dominance and the crazy versatility of Braun, mm-hmm. along with that crazy scoring potential of AD, where you have a seven footer who can just pull up and shoot from anywhere mm-hmm. and get over anyone. I might actually give it to AD and LeBron on here. I think I don't think we can agree on this one. Hmm. Which, again, like, it's hard to pick. Oh, it's crazy hard, yeah. Because, I mean, I'm talking about Shaq's dominance. What about LeBron's dominance this whole time? You know, been to the finals all these years and stuff, like... It's so hard. That's what I'm saying. It's but, it's marginal. No, it's, it is it's marginal. Very, it's very marginal. Because because again, I think yeah. I think you're totally you're totally on point in saying that people forget how dominant Shaq was. Because he was he yeah. was so dominant. Yeah. And like, or the kids Le- today just don't know. But I hate saying kids today. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those darn kids today. They don't they don't yeah, know yeah. that old old school <laughs> basketball like I do. But no, it's it's true though. Like you think you think LeBron is driving to the rim as much when you got Shaq under there? I don't mm. think so. No, I don't think so. And yeah, and like you said, I mean, it was twenty years ago, uh, uh, twenty plus years ago, 
And the, the game changed a lot in that time. Like, they were still, I mean, Shaq was able to dominate because, yeah, they were still doing back-to-the-basket stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it's changed a lot. But, man, it's so hard. I'll, I, I just keep going back and forth in my head. Like, oh, okay, this point puts this this squad over. Okay, this little point puts this one. Like, man, it's tough. But I think I think I want to I think I want to go back on one of my statements. So I think if it's if it's the people where they are at right now, I think I'll give it to AD and LeBron. But if we're doing prime, I'm gonna give it to Kobe and Shaq still. Well, I mean, we can't really do where they're at right now because two. No, two, no, no. Two I mean, where are they retired, at? Where but... they are at? <laughs> Wait, where they were at? Well, one of them's dead, but where they were <laughs> I wasn't at. gonna say that. <laughs> it's just true. Too soon, um, man. <laughs> dude, one of my coworkers today, he was like, he was like, uh, "Hey, did you hear about this like Kobe shoe that's releasing or whatever?" I think the Bruce Lees are coming out. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Um, the 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 Kobe Bruce Lees, <laughs> and I just tur- turned to him, turned to him straight, and I'm like, "How can a dead person release a shoe?" Like. <laughs> You're the worst. You are the absolute worst. <laughs> and he just like did not get it. It was awkward. <laughs> I loved it. It was uh, awkward. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. But uh yeah, anyways, okay, yes. You can't you can't compare it. I meant when they were together, if we're comparing them at that time, I think I give it Got the it. edge okay. barely okay. over I, to I AD and LeBron. Saying. But then if we're talking about prime. I'll give it to Shaq and Kobe. Okay, I see what you're saying. And I think I think I can agree with that too, but I still yeah, mm-hmm. again, it's so like just like a hairline also, difference where I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. If we want to bring the the other team into it too, the their teammates at the time, I think the Lakers had a way better team. At uh, or just duh, <laughs> I was like, duh, which duh, one? Lakers. They're both Lakers. <laughs> uh, I was talking about Shaq and Kobe. I no, I knew you were talking about because they had they had guys like Rick Fox and some other yeah, like yeah. big names too on there. Rick or, Fox, Robert Horry. Yeah, they had the old Gary Payton at one point. The old Carl like, Malone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, true. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so I, like, I, Ty Lue. Ty Lue was good. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree with you. I think if we're if we're comparing teams, yeah, definitely Kobe and Shaq take it. But mm-hmm. yeah, if we're just comparing the duo themselves, though, it's so. Yeah so marginal it's insane but i yeah. anyway yeah shout out jake again i thought that was a great great point to bring up great debate topic mm-hmm. to to kind of get into thank you jake well yeah so i i think those are as a great de- debate like let us know what you guys think if we missed a point if uh yeah yeah if you disagree with us let, let us know um but let's move on to some entertainment topics man not not necessarily debate topics but um i actually just want to bring this up because i i know i'm late okay guys i know because <laughs> uh, i think it's what three four years old now but i just watched uh oj uh the people versus oj simpson right the the docuseries on netflix and i just kind of wanted to bring it up just to be clear you're talking bit. about the one with like cuba gooding jr and david schwimmer and and those people right John Travolta. Yeah, John Travolta. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, the, the the dramatization of it, right? Got it. Okay. Which one I want to say first off, um, people need. I feel like me, myself included. I think people need to, not especially not documentaries, but not um, don't take docu dramatizations, docu series. Don't take them as a hundred percent fact. You know, <laughs> like yeah. like I kept doing this thing where like you know, spoiler alert if anybody hasn't seen it. Uh, or anybody hasn't heard about it either. I Jeez. Guess. You're really um, late to the game. You haven't heard about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, at one point, I think one of the episodes ends on a cliffhanger where they're showing a Mark Furman looking at his Nazi medals, right? Like, and then I was like, wait, did, did he actually own Nazi medals? Like, is that 
no and then you know i had to look it up and i found out that it was just a rumor never confirmed all that stuff so it's like yeah like don't always believe 100 <laughs> percent um that being said i think it is it's good entertainment and i think it if you don't know anything about this uh, anything about that case or very little about the case i think it's very interesting and it will bring some information to light you know for you uh but anyways um uh, I, I kind of want to get your thoughts on it. Like, did you like the series? Was it good? Yeah. I thought it was fantastic. I, I thought they did a, a great mm-hmm. job. And I mean, again, all this happened. Was I even born yet? When, when did this all happen? I think it was like, I think it was 94. Yeah. So like right when I was born, 94. <laughs> I was born in 94. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, obviously... you were, <laughs> oh, God. you were, never mind. Nope. I'm not going to go there. What? What was that? No, 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 no. I'm not going to go there. No, no, no. Really? Wait, so you'll make, you'll make a, a, a dead joke yeah but you yeah. won't you won't say this no no, no. this is no, no, no. you'll just you'll besmirch you the name of kobe bryant but you won't say this no this is no no, no. i won't no <laughs> no okay no. all right all right all right anyway anyway point is is like obviously this happened like in our yeah. lifetime but like it was it was also very uh i don't know we were very young so like it didn't it, it didn't even like cross our radar but um i uh yeah i don't know i thought it, i thought it was it was very very well done um mm-hmm. the real question now is do you think he did it based on what you what you saw yes <laughs> yeah i think everyone knew that <laughs> i think yeah, everyone yeah, I think knew everybody. that in that case the crazy thing to me was the like jury placement or whatever like that whole mm-hmm. like them going back and forth getting jurors replaced yeah. and getting them that well, was insane that's the thing it's like learning you know i learned i did learn a lot from the series yeah. that i didn't know um i learned like the the prosecutor um what's her name marcia mm-hmm. um like i didn't know a lot about her and like her show and that's the thing i mean you have to make it entertaining it is a docuseries but like the whole thing about her kids like obviously that was interesting yeah um you know i didn't know that much about johnny cochran i knew he was a lawyer and everything i this is this is actually kind of what i wanted to say about it is that i think they did a good job at making both sides besides oj simpson let's not even talk about him for a second i mean both like lawyer teams Mm -hmm. they did a good job at showing showing both sides goods and bad does that make sense yeah yeah yeah. it was it wasn't one-sided at all yeah it didn't feel very one-sided it kind of just was as you can again with the docuseries as you can as much as you can it kind of made it um, a little more fair a little you know just just showing it right just just presenting it as much as you can. Obviously, there are going to be biases. Obviously, there's going to be entertainment factors in it and stuff like that. But yeah, I thought they did a really well job of you know. It was just it was such a good story that they did because like, I kept going back and forth. I'm like, oh, you know, in this episode or this kind of few episodes, Johnny Cochran kind of feels like the the antagonist, you know, he's, mm-hmm. or he's provoking the the other black guy. I forget his name, you know, or or he's coming off as this, or why is he defending OJ? But then you know. At the end, you know, really, you know, you see his whole motives the whole time is, you know, for black justice and, and stuff like that. And so, like, it, it really humanizes some people, which at the other end of it, it's like, man, lawyer is a tough job, dude. Like, Seriously. like if you're hired, if you're hired as a defense lawyer and like, say, a case like that, like your job is to whether you agree with it or not. And again, we can get into the morals of it. But whether you agree with this person, whether you think they did it or not, you're hired to do it and you accept that job. Your job is to get that person off. Yeah. Could you could you imagine being a <laughs> like, what what is it? It's like a state appointed defense attorney or like it's yeah. basically like you have the job of when people 
um, can't afford... Ask for representation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, when they can't afford a lawyer, that they get appointed an attorney, and you mm-hmm. have to defend them. Like, oh, I would never want that job. Well, I can't even imagine. Oh, and there are there are even more issues with that. Like, I don't know. Do you watch John Oliver at all? I don't, I don't a little know, bit, like, here and there. I, I don't watch him bit, regularly. Yeah, yeah. He, he has a, a whole, you know, episode about how that and how the, that whole system is like swamped and like mm-hmm. nobody can really get a fair shot because they're just trying to get like, okay, you're here, just settle or whatever or yeah, take yeah, this. Yeah. Right. And so that's a whole mess, but yeah, no, it's like, if you like, cause, cause it feels like John Travolta's character, I forget, or, or, um, uh, Robert Shapiro, mm-hmm. he, he, it seemed like, again, this is just going off the document or the docuseries. Maybe it's a little different. Maybe they didn't represent him well, but he he really seemed like yeah he was kind of doing it like he's that sleazy celebrity lawyer right mm-hmm. um so he'll just he doesn't care what you did he'll just try to get you off but like but then on the flip side of that johnny cochran was like yeah maybe he wasn't doing everything up to snuff but at the end of the day his motives were good right yeah. <laughs> like and then yeah it, it was just i thought they did it well they did it really well i thought one of the one of the most interesting portrayals was uh the kardashian like role in all this because yes I, let's talk I, about that i never knew what because i i'd heard i obviously we all know why the kardashians are famous <laughs> but <laughs> uh the thing is is i i had heard like after the fact of like you know them getting a show and all this other stuff mm-hmm. that like oh the reason that they were originally kind of like famous though or why they had any kind of notoriety is because mm-hmm. they were friends with oj simpson and their dad was a lawyer and like all this stuff and i was like oh okay that makes sense so that he was he was like a celebrity mm-hmm. lawyer as well but i didn't realize that until the show that he didn't represent oj at all but he was in pictures like in the courtroom yeah but he wasn't representing OJ. well he was, he was just there as a he friend. was part of the team well he was part of the team he was, but he wasn't like right yeah yeah exactly that's what i mean is yeah like he, he was wasn't there. like oj didn't get in trouble and be like you know robert come and come and defend me exactly. you know i forgot yeah, yeah. i forgot yeah that's right he was part of the team but like right he wasn't the main attorney and then when he got yeah. off he was like yeah i think i gotta step away from which you. Which that's what I want to bring up is like that's an interest, interesting portrayal because it's like that is the 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 behind the scenes that they're trying to to enlighten right but it's yeah. like that that's where I'm like okay how much of this is actually real how exactly much of this, it did he really you know is he just trying to are they just trying to paint him in a good light is that the story that came out I don't know and and it, maybe it's true but maybe they're exaggerating it more. From, but it was also from what it sounds like though from like actually listening to the way the kardashians have talked have when they do talk about oj the very little that they do it kind of sounds like that is the case is that the family kind of pulled away after that fact mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i mean here's the here's another question though do you believe the rumor that oj is chloe's father listen again we've talked about conspiracy theories before <laughs> I try to be skeptical that that is one that it's like, there are some interesting things about that. <laughs> like, there is some definitely like, Oh no, you is, see side by side picture, man. Yeah. Cause is that why Chris Jenner doesn't want to be around OJ anymore at that point? Like, I mean, to be fair, is he cause he's a killer <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> to be fair. Uh, but no, that's, that's an interesting one. Definitely for sure. But also on the whole Kardashian portrayal, like, I think it's interesting. It's just kind of silly how they portrayed the kids and everything. Yeah, yeah. How they were every time they brought up the kids, it was always like, hey, "We know what's happening with these guys." Like, <laughs> like, oh, we're in the future. We know what's going on. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of a little cheesy, I guess. Yeah. A little, yeah, but little but, kid uh, over there. We know what's going on. 
yeah yeah or like i think there was one scene where they're trying to get into a diner and then it was after you know the trials about to happen and they get a seat right away no wait all this stuff and they're like we're famous now oh my gosh oh, and, right, and i right. think i think it's all like hey, oh they're famous now wait till you see or uh, <laughs> wait till you see they become I the think, richest family ever ha <laughs> yeah hey yeah. um but yeah i i thought that was interesting very very interesting very well done I think the acting was phenomenal in it. If we're just talking about purely entertainment. Like that's a great series to watch. Yeah. And if, if you like that kind of feel, I would highly mm-hmm. recommend going. I can't remember if we talked about this or on the podcast or off or whatever, but highly recommend going in and watching um, the trial of the Chicago seven that just came mm-hmm. out recently. Such a good cast, such a good cast and such a good movie. Again, it's kind of a take it with a grain of salt betrayal because it's a docudrama like movie. And mm-hmm. but it's got like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Sasha Baron Cohen, um, doing oh, a serious role, which is crazy. Yeah, exactly. Doing a serious role. Um, it's got which oh, he's Michael, a good actor, man. It's got Michael Keaton. It's got um, oh my gosh, well, I can't think of the guy's name, but he plays Stephen Hawking in that movie, that recent movie, and he plays Newt Scamander mm-hmm. in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Um, mm-hmm. He's in it, and there's anyway, there's a lot of recognizable faces in that movie. And but they did a great job of uh, portraying what happened back in the like 60s and 70s between the election where Nixon got elected and the Vietnam War mm-hmm. and the protests and all this like and they and they have that. <coughs> oh my gosh, what just happened to my throat? <coughs> oh, that hasn't oh that hasn't happened since the last time I visited Andrew. What? Um. So anyway. <laughs> Don't shake your head at me like that. <laughs> so anyway, point is, is they did a great job portraying uh, what hap- kind of happened in that case. And they do have some actual footage too from kind of the protests surrounding that and the trial and things like that. But um, highly recommend going to watch that. That was, that was a fantastic watch for me. <laughs> yeah. 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 You've talked about it. That's a great cast. Um, I definitely, I've seen it. I've seen the, the trailers for it. I definitely want to watch it. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was, that was awesome. Um, a little bit more in some entertainment sort of focused news or not, not even news. I just wanted to bring it up to Connor. So Connor, have you ever seen, uh, the, the show, the Norseman on Netflix? I haven't, but I've seen like the uh, thumbnail pop up and stuff and I, I want to yeah. get into it. I'm, I'm in the middle of Shit's Creek right now, which is also a great show. Yeah. You should go watch Shit's Creek. But, uh, yeah, yeah I, I think that might be my next show cause I've been eyeing it. Yeah, dude, it is so funny. And that's the thing. It's like. I I was watching it expecting it to be like another Vikings and so uh-huh. I just turned it on and it's and at first it's very dry humor very dry humor <laughs> I guess Norwegian Perfect. humor very dry humor <laughs> Norwegian. sometimes Norwegian yeah uh so I so at first I was like wait is this, is this serious is this supposed to be funny is it not like and so at first it it kind of threw me off but then once I was like oh yeah this is supposed to be funny and it's hilarious. <laughs> Um, cause it's just, it's like, just not just as gory. There's not like a whole lot of battle scenes, but it's very gory still. And, but man, they just cut it, cut through this like seriousness with all this humor. It's really funny. Okay. Really that funny. is, like that was, that's not what I, was, what I was expecting to come out of your mouth from the show. I was expecting like game of Thrones level. Like yeah. it's like game of well, Thrones, like, but Vikings. It's so good. Like, <laughs> well, that's, again, that's kind of what Vikings is. It's just like a parody of Vikings. Okay, gotcha. Okay, that mm-hmm. made, that makes sense. It's, it's I've never watched Vikings, funny. so yeah, it's pretty it's pretty great. Okay, I'll um, have to go check that out. What what when we were coming up with this though? So I remember mm-hmm. I I said to you, you're like, oh, speaking of that, have you heard of 
blank and i did what came out of your mouth was norseman not what i was expecting mm. i thought i was expecting eurovision the uh will ferrell no, Rachel the, mcadams movie yeah did you watch have you that? seen that no i've seen it and it is so funny is it i've been, I, i've been meaning to watch it, it it's looks, it it's looks actually pretty, pretty funny and uh mm. they do a great job of doing like icelandic accents <laughs> i have so i have i have uh this this youtuber i really like watching wildcat he's, uh-huh. he's a really popular youtuber and he's he made a bunch of uh, modern warfare videos he still makes some but he's kind of tapered out of that a little bit but when he was really going hard on modern warfare uh this one he like try, was trying to do this accent and it started coming out like like scandinavian and then he's like i'm from norwegia he's like i just made that country up <laughs> so anyway so I've, I've like taken that joke and i'll put it in there every once in a while but that's exactly how they sound in eurovision is <laughs> like i'm from iceland iceland yes it's 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 uh, really it's really good it though. looks better than watson and holmes that um the will ferrell yes. <laughs> have you seen that one no, that I, one did did, I haven't seen it but i don't i have no way i'm a huge will ferrell fan that one did and not. And John look C. Riley, I love John C. Riley. And too. John C. Riley, yeah, but that one did not look good. So no, I I that. passed on that one pretty hard. Yeah, I was I was even yeah. very skeptical skeptical about Eurovision, but I decided to give it a fair shot, and yeah, it was actually mm-hmm. decent. That's good. That's good. I'm, I'm glad because now I wanna I wanna watch more. Um, well, let's round it out with the with a few more sports things. Run out the episode. Uh, as always, we forgot our Monday night football picks. Um, it's kind of <laughs> tradition in this household. Um, <laughs> so this week, Monday night football is the Buccaneers versus the Giants. Whoa, Yay. wait, hold on. Are we going to, are we going to talk about who, who won? Are we going to talk about who won last week? That was a bad pick, man. That was a <laughs> bad pick. <laughs> Listen, I stand by what I said last week about the bears being a little disrespected because five and a half was a lot. I stand I, by what I said, but looking at t- it, looking in hindsight, not so much. <laughs> no, I stand by what I said, but the pick was still bad. <laughs> Listen, yeah, it was rough. Yeah, so the Rams, I lost last week. Uh, the Sins are at, I'm at six to five. You're at eight and three. Not out of the realm, but you have a you have an okay lead right now. You have an okay lead. An okay lead. Um, I'm dominating you. Two games. It's two games. I'm dominating right, was, you. I'm I'm pretty much bending of... you over the bed right now. Oh my god. Okay. All right. Let's not go there. Come on. It's two games. Not if you again. Win this We're one, not gonna right? go there again. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, this week is the the Buccaneers versus the Giants. Um, Who are you the, gonna the pick? Line, <laughs> the line is at ten and a half. Oh. Okay. With for the Bucks, obviously. Oh yeah, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> um. I I want you to pick first. I'm intrigued to see what you say. Um, man, it's like, do you have enough faith for the Giants to keep it within ten? That's what I'm saying. Like, that's 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 a really hard one. Because if it was like Giants, it like with a, a little bit of a tighter. I mean, there's no way they give them a tighter spread though. But no, like. No. Ten and a half. I think the obvious answer is the like, Bucks. Yeah, picks the Bucks. Yeah, but it's like I I don't know. Are the Giants due for one of those games where it's just like, yeah, they have nothing to lose. They play a little better, and they just have to play good enough to not lose by eleven. Right. You know, <laughs> right? But I just I don't think I don't think they have it in them. I don't think so either. I think I have to go Bucks on this and, one. 
not only that, but the Buccaneers are like starting to roll. They're, yeah, they're, they're their really defense starting are starting to, starting to really get good. Their offense is getting better now. <laughs> I know. I think I don't. I, I, I don't look, think AD. I think AB is still suspended, so I don't think he'll play until week nine. But right, still, like, right. But even, yeah, even still, they don't. They don't need him to win, obviously. But like, right. I, I just, I just laugh at like the first couple weeks of football where Patriots fans were like, heh. Don't even miss him. Cam Newton's doing just fine, and now we're here. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. <laughs> Where Tom Brady is in MVP like, talks, like, dude, that's what that's the thing. Let's talk about that for a second. That's the thing. The Buccaneers, like, it's a brand new team, brand new head coach, brand new system for Tom Brady, uh-huh. and and there are a lot of moving pieces over in the Bucks. Like, I was always like, okay, let's just like give it, give them a second, okay? Right. I think Tom Brady's thrown a total of four picks, and I think the first game he threw two of those, like. Like he's been doing really well lately and yeah. just, I don't know. And also Bruce Arians is famous for the first year quarterback in his system, not having a best time, mm-hmm. like throwing a lot of picks cause they're still learning the system. Like, yeah. So I was always like, dude, let's give it a sec. So you were picking the bucks, right? Yeah. I think I'm going to have to pick the bucks okay. on this one. Well, I'm picking the boring one cause I can't afford to lose. <laughs> <laughs> right now so i'm picking the obvious bucks I mean, as well i mean you want to win too so like I, uh, for the yeah but for i'm the, not there yet i'm not i'm not at the point yet where i need to pick the giants to win you know no no no. i understand i'm, I'm just saying like for the sake of making it interesting you still can't pick the giants for the sake of making it interesting here like not this one not this one it's not, not worth it one. like ramp ramps and bears yeah. i gave you that one like that that was actually like yeah, looking yeah, yeah, like yeah. it was gonna be a spicy game and then it just wasn't i thought it was gonna be way closer yeah than it was yeah no that but. that was i was actually i was shocked by that game but this mm. one like nah dude you can't even nah. for the sake yeah. of being interesting you be, can't go the giants it would be dumb to pick against that honestly yeah um so yeah we're both picking bucks um one more one more thing Watch i just want to touch just on steamroll them <laughs> Dude, no way! Can you imagine? I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you five bucks if they if they win. I'll give you five bucks. Deal. If the Giants win the game, I will give you five dollars because <laughs> that's how confident I am. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I just wanted to we we forgot to touch on it a little earlier, um, but I just wanted to mention this actually real quick. I'm a big 2K fan. Um, I think Connor is too. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually just announced that they they are adding the W, which is going to be a player career mode um, for 2K21. I think it's only going to be on next-gen consoles, though, um, where you can play career mode for the NBA. The W NBA, excuse me. Um, I just think that's a really cool feature. I think it's going to be fun. I, I'm going to like it. The problem is I don't think anybody's going to play it. <laughs> <laughs> And so I don't think it. I don't know if it will last. Which I hope it. That's because girls, th- girls don't play video games. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Do you know one girl that plays video games? No. Um, yeah, no. I think it, we we joke about it, but the fact is, the WNBA doesn't get as much viewership. Like it's going to be hard. I wish it stays, and I hope they develop it, and I hope they get more popular. You know, they slowly work on it to get more popular to hopefully get more girls to play it. Right. Yeah. But. I don't know, especially the first the first couple of years are going to be rough. No, I don't think a lot of people are going to play it. And uh, I know me as a super fan, I like the WNBA. I like to play it. I will play it. But, man, I don't know, man. I don't know if it will last very long, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think it's cool, though. And, yeah, and again, like you said, we like to joke about it. But, like, I think this is a great move by 2K. I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And I think it will be um, – I don't know. Maybe I, – I wonder if it will kind of lead – 
maybe some other game developers kind of come up with some more like women centered like like fifa for example fifa is super popular but they don't have mm -hmm. a women's fifa mode i think don't they have Do can't they? you play the women's world cup though can, can you, you play their team uh maybe i want to say yes okay if so that's great because but, but I, you I can only play it is good it is good, but I think it's literally only – or that was a new thing for, like, FIFA 17 or whatever. Like, you could play as the woman World Cup teams. Gotcha. But that okay. was, like, just all this player now mode. Gotcha. Okay, so that's – I mean, that's um, good on But them, I think, but... like, that's really the – Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So, I think, like, I think that's good on them. But, like, I don't know. I My thing is I was definitely a basketball fan, but I wasn't, like, a super hardcore basketball fan. And then when I got into playing 2K, that's when I, like, knew everyone's names. You know what I mean? Like, that's what helps you kind of like start recognizing these guys and start, like, seeing, like, oh, that's who he plays for and, like, this is where he's at. And, like, you can kind of – you can start getting a little bit deeper into the rosters besides just, like, the star players when you're that involved in, like, the games and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, you can do that without playing 2K. That's just how I did it. And so right. – but I, I think this is great because this will start getting people to, like, name recognition – for, oh, for yeah. WNBA and that might mm -hmm. help like the viewership and the fan base mm -hmm. now grow because of that so that's right. where I think this is a great move yeah I think it's a great move I agree I love it I actually love it because last year they actually I don't know if you know this they included the play now mode you can play as the WNBA teams that was 2k20 you're able to do oh, okay that. yeah um, so this year they're taking a step further making a career mode I love it I will play it I think it'd be cool um, I just I worry if it'll last. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that um, makes sense. And and mm -hmm. I think there is that worry, but I think I wonder if 2K will be aware enough to know, like, okay, mm -hmm. this isn't going to jump off the page the first right. year, but maybe we'll see that slow and, traction. And if they are aware and if they do stick with it, I think your point is going, yeah, it'll, it'll slowly start. I think it'll slowly start uh, gaining interest and hopefully it gains traction and, yeah, all that stuff. Yep. Really cool. Go WNBA, man. Go cool. WNBA. Yeah, man. Uh, you all can go follow all of our social medias. Um, you know, we have everything for the two tight ends. Um, it's all at two tight ends, the number two. Um, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, and even on YouTube, where we post yep. some clips for the episode. Um, Connor, where can they find you at? Um, you can find me at moco.cued, and uh, that's M-O-C-O. Um, but and really quick too, I just wanted to say shout out to all our listeners really quick. You know, we've been we've been tracking kind of like the listens and everything that's been going on lately. We've seen that so like some of our older episodes have started getting some more listens than they what they're at, and just kind of like getting a little bit of a bump. And so hey, we really really appreciate all the support. Um, you can definitely support us more by going and following us on social media, and just like telling your friends, sharing sharing our stuff that we post on social media with with your followers, and just kind of helping us get that awareness out. So we we really appreciate all the support though, for real shameless plug if you're on itunes give us a five-star review that always helps <laughs> true um yeah and i agree with all all of what connor said thanks everybody and if we have any new listeners yeah thanks thanks a lot for listening uh you can follow me on instagram at the thrill can kill five uh connor do you know what we what do, what do we learn today you know if there's anything we've learned today neil it's that if the glove doesn't fit you must acquit amen brother amen <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, have a good one. See ya. Drop.